Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. With it, under the dribble, handoff to the left elbow. He's got Bogdanovich on it, drives into the paint on Gobert, scoops it up and in! What a finish for Anthony Edwards! And to the elbow, off to a Kogi. Inside against Gobert, he turns and kicks out, says, I want nothing to do with that. Here's Towns rumbling across the lane, over Gobert, he got it! D'Lo with it against Bogdanovich, stops and pops, pull up 16-footer, he got it! The Utah Jazz lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves again, beating 101 to 96. You just heard the postgame rap and everybody talking about all the turnovers and all the offensive rebounds they conceded. And PK, the Timberwolves again. 0 2 against the Suns, you don't like it, but it makes sense. 0 2 against the Wizards, you don't like it. Well, if you spin enough, you can kind of sort of explain it away. But 0 2 against the Wolves, it. What? What? There's no explanation. What? Well, okay. Well, what do you want from me? There's no explanation. What could I possibly say? You're smarter than I am. Maybe you'll prove me wrong again. I am not. You've spent years doing it. Argue with me. Tell me there's an explanation. What? Oh, uh, what's the explanation? That's what I spent years. I spent years arguing with you. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Well, okay. All right. I can buy that. I think that uh, as I was watching that game, the 17-point lead came so easy, mm. and then they just got loose. They got uh, complacent. They lost focus and concentration. The turnovers were just disgusting. And I know nobody wants to say it because we're supposed to be cheerleaders, but Clarkson's shot selection absolutely sucked. And they just put up a bunch of pathetic shots, particularly by him. I thought it was one of his worst games, and he's a star, and we love him de- dead to death, and these are our heroes and all that stuff. But he didn't play well. And I didn't, I didn't like his shot selection. And the turnovers, as I say, were lousy. So I think they just lost uh, what they needed to have, the edge to compete, because they're thinking, well, they're them, we're us. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. bit them in the butt, man. A horrific second half, that's for sure. Not that the second quarter was all that special either. No. So the Jazz get beat with uh, they scored 18 points in the second and 16 yeah. in the third and Missed a chance to pull away in the West. They also announced that Donovan Mitchell will be out for another week. He's going to be reevaluated Friday. Think there's any chance they reevaluate him Friday that he can play against the Suns? I never thought he was going to play against the Suns anyway. I thought that he was going to be out uh, for a good three weeks. And that it was, I had him, in my mind, I had 10 games. Now, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know what game number that is, so I can't say that. But in my mind, I was thinking 10 games because there's just absolutely no need to rush him back. Uh, number one seed, number two seed, uh, uh, I don't. I just don't know that it's a big, big deal. I still say, it, it, to me, it's like the NIT. You know, you got a game, go win it. You got the number one seed in your grasp, go get it. But if you don't get it, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? And if you do get it, you don't celebrate wildly. I remember that one year they got the number one seed, the second year uh, in the league, not just in the conference. If I remember correctly, they were playing in Phoenix. And Stockton got way emotional because they had the number one seed throughout the home court. And, and I think at that time, you know, 
we thought it meant something. Turns out it didn't. But it was a grand achievement for this these guys. And it would be a nice achievement for them, but I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. So in my mind, I had 10 games for Mitchell. But I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think, sure, they could reactivate him in time for that game. Well, if you're right and he misses 10 games, that means he returns to the Denver game on Friday, May 7th. Yeah, so that's what I had in my mind. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Kyrie feeds to Durant. Five to shoot. KD one-on-one with Paul. Right around him to the rim and a two-hand slam for Kevin Durant. Says to Chris Paul, you can't guard me. Jonathan Matthew now, left wing outside the arc. Left the circle, Bertons. Bradley Beal out front for three. Oh, it's there. Pretty. It's there. Now Lou Williams gets it over to Bogey. He's wide open. Three-pointer. Bang. Bogey bang Donovich. Wide open. And he knocks down the three, and the Hawks lead by a dozen. Curry splits traffic. Head fake. Steps into a three. No. Bounce pass to Draymond. Rotates out. JTA to Curry. By the chase center. Sign. He rattled another one home. Highlights from around the league. The Nets gave the Jazz a little bit of a helping hand. They beat the Suns 128-119, so the Suns stay two games behind the Jazz. The uh, Kyrie Irving-Kevin Durant show, that was that was fairly spectacular, PK. And David Locke has talked about they're the favorites if they're healthy because they've got so much offensive firepower, and they don't have Harden right now. But Irving goes for 34, Durant goes for 33, and... They score 128 points and beat the Suns, and that is pretty impressive considering they're doing it without one of their star players. Yeah, but how many points is he going to add that the other guys then wouldn't have? Was he going to score 160? Yeah, it's the third overkill. He comes back, he takes away shots from Irving and Durant. I I think that Kyrie Irving just understands that, all right, this is a big game. It's not the prime time in the evening, but a Sunday afternoon we recognize as the, as prime time that time of day, and so it reminds me like Secretariat. I don't think Secretariat knew that he was racing in the Belmont, but I think he knew it was a big big deal. Well, Kyrie knows he's racing in the Belmont, and he knows it's a big big deal, so he ends up with a huge game, which doesn't surprise me. That's sort of who he is in my mind. And then Durant, uh, you know, he got reactivated and he had it going on too. And I think what you speak of there, that ability to look up and recognize this is a big moment, I need to come through, that's one of a couple really important traits for the playoffs. And he's won a title before, and Durant's won a title before. Harden hasn't. But two of the three have, and that ability to turn it on when they really need it for whatever reason. Big stage, uh, in trouble in the moment, whatever it is. That really matters. And they are 11-1 in their last 12 games. They're 17-3 in their last 20. They are crushing people. And yeah. on, on top of that, picking up an Oscar, Kevin Durant, Mike Conley, executive producers. There were 10 executive producers for Two Distant Strangers, which won an Oscar for Best Short Live Action Film. So winning on every front. Oh, yeah, the Oscars, man. Uh, wow, it was incredible last night. What a night. The Oscars? Did you watch it? I did not. Did you tape it? I did not. You going to watch it later? I did not. <laughs> I will not. Oh, sorry. Stuck on repeat there. You got rolling there. Yeah, I did. Eh, you know you know how it is when the vinyl has a scratch and it starts skipping. There I was. And I think of you as vinyl. Old school. 
Other NBA games, you heard Steph Curry going off again. 37 points, seven three-pointers. Two guys closing out on him. Doesn't look like he has much space. And he just drops a rainbow three in over everybody. Warriors beat the Kings. Kings aren't good, and it was a tight game, but the Warriors got the win 117-113, the final score. You like Golden State in this playing tournament? Uh, assuming they're going to be State. in it. What? I love Golden State. <laughs> they said that with no enthusiasm whatsoever. The play-in tournament, if we're just going to go the play-in tournament, I'd probably go Memphis. Well, two will make it. Now, two make yeah. it, right. right. So, uh, But at the, uh, of the play-in tournament teams, I would rank probably Memphis. Uh, but certainly Portland, obviously, is, is there, too. Willard had an awful game. Yes. Uh, shooting was like 8 of 27. Yep. 23 was jealous. 23 points on 27 shots. Nothing close to efficient. And so Memphis wins. And so Memphis and Dallas at Portland looks like they got a great chance to finish behind both those teams. And uh, just really struggling here coming down the stretch. Speaking of Portland. Yes, the Blazers. Not good. Grizzlies win 120-113. John Morant, 28 points and several electric plays. There's... I, I was looking at stuff as we always do uh, each day and over the weekend that Portland wants that seventh spot so they could either get the Suns or the Jazz. They don't want to get sixth and have to play the Clippers. Yeah, well, there's no guarantee the Clippers are going to be third. The Jazz and the Suns slipping now, I and mean, the Jazz are two games in front of the Suns and two games in front of the Clippers. So anything could happen. I, I think yeah, the odds yeah. still favor the Jazz, but if you can lose to Minnesota at home, that means. Anything can happen. They got three road games this week. Well, obviously, we'll all know a lot more, and there'll be a lot less speculation in a week. Obviously. I like it. The Denver Nuggets, another injury. Will Barton is out for the foreseeable future. A pretty significant, that's the quote, pretty significant hamstring strain, according to head coach Mike Malone. Now, we've seen players out three, four, five weeks with hamstring strains. That's... uh, Nothing shocking if that's the news. So pretty significant. I'm going to the outside of that and thinking three, four, five. Well, not three. So it seems like he's out for the regular season and not convinced he'll be ready for the start of the playoffs just off what Mike Malone said. It didn't look good when you saw it. No. Well, that on top of the Murray injury by itself may not be a big blow. But when you factor in the Murray injury, then it becomes a big blow. Ugliest injury was uh, Orlando's Devin Kennedy. Had to be stretchered off the court. Open fracture of his right ankle in the first quarter. Mo Bamba removed his jersey to cover up the broken and bleeding ankle. That's uh, Gordon Hayward territory. That's a horrible injury. All right, more on the NBA coming up. More on the changing playoff picture and the Jazz horrific loss. It's the question of the day and we will get to that and your explanations in a few minutes. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I don't think there's risk. You know, it still comes down to having a good football team and building a good roster around uh, around everybody. I mean, it's there's players here that are talented. There's rookies that are going to be coming in that are talented and the expectation is that they're one of 53 when it's all said and done, and they've they've all got to perform their best to create a great football team. That was some football talk right there, wasn't it? Uh, that, and you take it one at a time, and you're right there. Yeah. Jets coach Robert Slaw right there saying his team needs to build around everybody, not just the quarterback. All right. 
Thursday, the draft gets going, and of course, we all expect the quarterback that the Jets choose to be BYU's quarterback. Other quarterbacks have been high picks, getting big money. Cleveland Browns exercising their fifth-year option on Baker Mayfield, so that locks him in through 2022, and he'll make just a shade under $19 million. Baker Mayfield, a former top pick in the draft, and the Browns finally, finally looking like they're trending up into the Browns, so I don't think we can count on anything, but they look like they're trending up. Oh, I agree they are, yeah. Certainly, the I think any of us would lock him in on that, given the uh, opportunity to run an NFL team. That seems like a no-brainer, the way that things went for them last year. Baltimore Ravens sent Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to the Chiefs in exchange for three picks in this year's draft, including the Chiefs' first-round pick, a third- and fourth-rounder, and a fifth-round pick in 2022. Chiefs will play him at left tackle. They got Baltimore's second-round pick in this year's draft and a sixth-round pick next year to offset some of those picks. And they've completely rebuilt their offensive line, which would seem like the primary culprit. And they had injuries, and they had a guy opt out. So we get why the offensive line was a problem. But it it seemed like the primary culprit is Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl and uh, chased the Chiefs' star quarterback all over the field and gave gave him no time to throw. He's running for his life. For his, well, he's at least running for the Super Bowl. Okay, for his life. <laughs> Detroit Lions reportedly open to trading. Trading out of the seventh pick and trading back in the draft. General Manager Brad Holmes. Yeah, there's been discussion with other teams. I'll keep those in-house. But there have been discussions. There's a lot of speculation that it's discussions with the Patriots about the Patriots trading up for a quarterback. And a five quarterback supposed to go in the first nine picks. So if you can move in at seven, presumably you'd be able to grab one. Now, is it the one you want? Remains to be seen. And he didn't say Patriots. That's all the speculation. He said teams. Got to jack up the price on the Patriots at the last minute, PK. It's an auction. Who wants in? Well, I think they have to determine if the one that's available is good enough. I mean, the one they want most likely is Trevor Lawrence. Well, there's that. Uh, uh, So you have to determine the one that you have the opportunity to get. Is he the player that you think can be there for the next 10, 15 years? Well, five quarterbacks in the top nine, that obviously doesn't mean that everybody loves all five guys. And clearly, we don't expect all five guys to, to make it. But the way the NFL draft is trended, if you're pretty good and you got a shot, well, the draft just starts with a run on quarterbacks. It was three of the last six, three of the top six picks last year. Expected to be 5-9 and nine this year. We're really not seeing the 4th and 3rd and 6th round picks pan out the way they used to. There's still guys in the league who, who are those guys. And Russell Wilson was the 3rd round pick, and obviously Brady was a 6th round pick. Prescott's but your guy. Prescott's a 4th round guy, yeah. Cousins is a 4th round guy. But they're all older guys, and the draft has changed a lot in the last 3-5 to five years. And just... If you make it, you are probably a, a top 10 pick in the draft. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So would you, is it a bigger waste of time, I guess is the way to phrase it. Is it a bigger waste of time to listen to an NFL coach throughout all the cliches we just heard or to listen to someone tell you that college football playoff might go to 16 games or 16 teams? Uh, 16 seems a lot. <laughs> it seems like there's no way that'll happen. 
16 teams is what is thrown out there by people who love playoffs and who uh, are employed by the group of five, one of the group of five teams or conferences. I, I can't believe whatever the playoff is about to do, and we're into the you know the back end of the 12-year contract, and it's time to start thinking about that stuff. But 16, 16 seems a lot. Uh, eight seems much more realistic. I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I was thinking about this this morning, too, when I was thinking about it when this talk was out there. You know, a couple years back when Herbert was a senior at Oregon, the Ducks go 9-1 and one in conference. Mm-hmm. They go 9-1 and one in conference, and, and they lose by a bomb at the end of the game on the road, and they can't get in? That's ridiculous. They go 9-1 and one in conference, and you can't get in? That doesn't make any sense to me. And everybody knows I'm not the biggest Oregon fan in the world at all, but I still think well, that year that Herbert was a senior – the Ducks should have gotten in. The winner of that Utah-Oregon game should have gotten in. They say Utah probably would have gotten in. I, I have my doubts. But I absolutely believe Oregon should have gotten in. They won that game. That was very impressive as the way they won it, too. They go 9-1 and one in the Pac-12, and that's not good enough. That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe six teams, maybe eight. They're also studying 16. I suppose if you're studying all those numbers, you might as well study 12. Sure. Why not? At the end, I expect six or eight. I expect they'll expand it because they want more money. You create more content, you make more money. I know people say, ah, oh, it's too many games, but they're, all, they're already doing it in the uh, championship subdivision. A, a champion there can play 16 games. So, Yeah. Uh, nothing in, imminent, though. The, the college football playoff deal doesn't expire until uh, after the 2025 season. So they got five years to work it out, but... They're already working on it. Weaver State is out of those championship subdivision playoffs. Gave up a late touchdown to Southern Illinois and lost 34-31. So they finished what they're calling the 2020 spring season with a 5-1 record. But I suppose the silver lining is they're not playing three more games and wearing guys out and then turning around and playing another season in the fall. They're done after six games, so. There's your silver lining after a playoff loss. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Shohei drives it. Deep right center field. Oh, Shohei. Gone. Look how far that baseball went. The pitch is a curveball. Grounded slowly up the middle. Right at Tatis. He steps on second. That is the ball game, and that is a hell of a winner for the Padres as they take the Dodgers down 8-7 in 11. One out away from a complete game shutout and seven no-hit innings. And the reason we can't call it a no-hitter is because in 1991, Major League Baseball made a rule that you had to play nine innings and have the lead to get a no-hitter. First pitch to Ozuna. He lines one to right, right at Josh Rojas and seven no-hit innings for Madison Bumgarner as the D-backs sweep a doubleheader from Atlanta, seven to nothing. The D-backs pouring onto the field and congratulating Bumgarner. Highlights from Major League Baseball, a seven-inning no-no, PK. In high school, that's a thing. But in Major League Baseball, not a thing. That's wrong. Why? On behalf because of all that, the guys who lost no-nos in the eighth and ninth inning, why? Because baseball instituted a rule. They lost it. Bumgarner didn't lose it. 
Something was taken from him. He didn't have the opportunity to go out and do it. In 1990, they didn't play seven-inning games. What are they still playing seven-inning games for? I mean, last year, I get it. But this year? Well, it's just still there. And in case there's cancellations, obviously, postponements. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. That's why. That's an easy answer to that question. There's going to be games that have already been missed. So they decided to do it. You made the rule. Now, I don't think it's a nine-inning no-hitter, but I think it's a seven-inning no-hitter. They made the rule. It's not like he didn't want to go out and pitch the eighth and ninth inning. Arizona Diamondbacks dominate the Braves. Five zip and then seven zip. A one hitter in the first game. That's a long day of not hitting right there. One hit in 14 innings. Yeah, Freeman was the only one who had a hit. Oakland 13-game win streak is over. Orioles win 8-1. to one, Chokers. Still, <laughs> still an awesome run by the Athletics. What, hey, what are they, PK? Their manager called them greedy. <laughs> greedy. I mean, chokers, geez. I knew they couldn't win every game out. I, knew, I just knew it. Something told me. Dodgers scored five in the sixth, went up 7-1 on the Padres, but the Padres got two in the seventh, two in the eighth, two in the ninth. And the winner in the 11th to come all the way back from 7-1 and win 8-7. So they take three out of four. From what was a really good series, again, PK, when these teams play, they're not playing any stinkers here. They're playing entertaining games. They've played seven times now. Padres have won four. The Dodgers have won three. But they've all been good. Oh, I think that just for my own entertainment, they should play every weekend. Sorry, they don't play next month. In June, they'll play again. Look forward to it. The Dodgers now uh, merely have an awesome record as opposed to something that looks like there's some youth Super League team that's completely stacked. I mean, 15-7, and seven, you're winning more than two out of every three games, but you're basically cooling off to that 110-win pace that you were talking about earlier, PK. They're still in first place in the division. Look out for the Giants. Dodgers a game up on the Giants, three on the Padres after that series. Well, Giants are a surprise team in the uh, NL, that's for sure. Your surprise team in the AL, Oakland rattling off that 13-game win streak? Uh, I would go with the Royals. Leading the AL Central. Yeah. NL East, the worst division in baseball so far. We got uh, one team with a winning record. The Mets are 9-8. and eight. Yeah, so far, but you know, obviously it's still way early. Yeah. NL West looking awesome with only one team with a losing record and everybody with a positive run differential. So even even the Rockies, who are eight and thirteen, have outscored their opponents despite despite going eight and thirteen. All right, Wait. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Newcomer Anderson Julio scores twice in the first half, and RSL holds on to win at Minnesota. Two to one. They get the road win to start the season and then controversy. They're like chippy guys, a goalkeeper, David Ochoa, kicking the ball and not like lofting it souvenir style to the opposing fans, kicking a screaming line drive up into the wonder wall after the game. So there's a lot of yelling and screaming and finger pointing afterwards. RSL is coming, host to, coming home to host Sporting Kansas City in the home opener Saturday, but with a win in a place they'd never won. So. Feeling better about themselves, PK. Oh, yeah. Julio Anderson. Yeah, way to go, man. It's Anderson Julio.
Uh, but it should be Julio Anderson. Well, it could be in another family, but not in his family. There it is. So, two goals for him in his debut, both in the first half. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up next, the question of the day. We've actually got two of them. And we got Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.